These end times are certainly perilous and will probably get worse. Does end time prophecy create fear in your heart? What are we to do in these chaotic times? Uh, who can we turn to? The Bible provides the answers to these questions. And we'll talk about many of these prophesied events and give the scriptural remedy for your end time anxiety on this edition of The End Time Show. That's right, everybody. The times are certainly perilous and chaotic. I mean, you can feel things happening all around you, can't you? Just, just read the news, any news source. But there is something we can do in the end time. There is someone we can turn to, and we'll talk about that before we're done with the program today. But I want to go through several news stories, things going on in the world, letting us know we certainly are in the end time but I will not leave you in a fearful state. We're going to set your mind at ease before we're done today. The first article I wanted to go through, remember in Revelation 17, 3, it gives a depiction of a, in the end time, a union of politics and religion that will be established between the world government and the world religious system. The world religious system will simply be used in the end time to gather the religions of the world under one belief system, a global ethic to support the world governing body, which will be ruled by the Antichrist and Satan himself. The Bible says the dragon give the sanity its seat, power and great authority. Revelation 17, 3 prophesies of this. John said, So he carried me away in the spirit into the wilderness, and I saw a woman sit on um, a scarlet-colored, seven-headed, ten-horned beast full of names and blasphemy. The seven-headed, ten-horned beast is the world government. The woman sitting on the back of that, depicting a union of politics and religion, is the end-time world religion and the end-time world government. So the first article I want to get to today is the, from the Pilar. It's The Possum and Terrace at 60, A Brief Guide to a Landmark Encyclical. I wanted you all to understand, because if you don't understand the history behind some of this, you really don't understand what's going on in the world today. You think you can read news articles and say, well, I've got it. But unless you understand the history behind all of it, you don't understand the prophetic implications of all of this. So I just read to you about a, a union of politics and religion in the end time. This has been going on for decades. According to the article, 60 years ago this week, Pope John Paul XXIII published what would prove to be his final encyclical. It was almost, um, what was it, about 15,000 words. And John 23rd set out what he believed to be the conditions of a lasting global peace against the background of what he called the signs of the times. Now, again, remember, this is in the early 60s. The encyclical had four main sections. Order between men, relations between individuals and the public authorities, relations between and... Um, and the relationships of men in the political communities with the world community. Pope John Paul XXIII, the 23rd, 
took office and published an encyclical, which is a position paper presenting important subjects in, in the mind of the Pope to the world. Well, that came out in Look Magazine all the way back in July 2nd of uh, 19, what would that have been, 1963. The encyclical was Possum in Terrace, which stands for Peace in the Land or Peace on the Earth. And the article stated this, listen closely, and remember the scripture that I just read you. Along with its plea to the United Nations to become more equal to the magnitude and nobility of its tasks, the Pope's encyclical made a case for the establishment of a world government. With all the cogency of his theologians' best proofs that God exists, in Vatican language, Possum in Terrace calls world government a public authority, but defies it as, as having worldwide power and endowed with the proper means for the efficacious pursuit of the universal common good. The Pope held that such a government must be founded because all nations are now interdependent. And this was a clarion call from Pope John XXIII in 1958 through 1963 for a one-world governmental system. Now, they're celebrating the 60th anniversary of this encyclical this week. But you can read that news and think, well, I j you know, that sounds cool. The Catholic Church is celebrating another encyclical. But oh no, folks, it's so much more than that. Why? Because Revelation, John prophesied in Revelation 17 that there would be a union of politics and religion, a world religious system and a world government in the end time and that they would be in complete in alliance with each other. Well, all of the popes in modern times have been believers and promoters of the establishment of a one world government. Did you know that? Uh, let me give you some more proof. At the end of his 2015 encyclical, Laudato Si, which is talked about all the time in the news right now. In this encyclical, Pope Francis stated, he goes through this huge uh, propaganda spiel about human-induced global warming, which leads to climate change, and all of the catastrophic weather events that are going to happen. And he says, given this situation, now think, listen at his solution. Given this situation, and I'm quoting from the encyclical, it is essential to devise stronger and more efficiently organized international solution, institutions, he says, with functionaries who are appointed fairly by agreement among national governments and empowered to impose sanctions. As Benedict XVI has affirmed in continuity Listen at this, with the social teaching of the church. What church? The Catholic church. To manage the global economy, he says, I'm quoting, to revise economies hit by the crisis, to avoid any deterioration of the present crisis and the greater imbalances that would result, to bring about integral and timely disarmament. Hold on, we're fighting climate change, right? But he says to bring about integral, timely disarmament, food security and peace, to guarantee the protection of the environment and to regulate migration. They want to regulate migration. Huh, I wonder why they're not protecting our southern border. You ever think about that? For all this, he says, there is urgent need for a true world political authority, as my predecessor, John 23rd, indicated some years ago. That was in Laudato Si in 2015 by Pope Francis.
All of the popes have called for a world political authority or a world government since the 60s. And the Bible prophesies in the end time, Revelation chapter 17, verse 3, that there would be a woman, a world religious system, sitting on the back of a scarlet-colored, a socialistic, seven-headed, ten-horned beast, which is the world governing body from Revelation 13, 1 and 2. It's just one more proof that we are in the end times right there prior to the second coming of Jesus Christ. Now on today's program, I'm going to go through story after story, letting you know we're in the end time. But I'm going to give you an element of hope and direction and leadership and guidance before we end the program. So don't touch that dial. We're not going to leave you with end time anxiety. We're going to leave you with a message of hope. They that understand what is taking place will instruct many. Except a man is born again, he can enter or see the kingdom of God. I don't care what label you've been given or what label you've given yourself, you are essential. You still matter. This is a journey, and when we get to the other side of that, that's where our prize is, that's where our reward is. time is not going anywhere. Satan and the elites of this world don't want you to understand the timeline leading to the second coming of Jesus. You can pinpoint where we are in the end time understand how you fit in and be filled with hope in God's plan by watching the future according to Bible prophecy. Go to intime.com slash future or call 800 intime. That's 800-363-8463. What if you could understand Bible prophecy? Dave Robbins, the host of the End of the Age television and radio programs, is holding a free prophecy conference near you. Gain peace and understanding about what the Bible says concerning end-time prophecy. Call 1-800-END-TIME or visit endtime.com slash events for more information. Another prophecy letting us know that we are in the end times. Revelation 13, verses 16 through 17. The Bible says, And he causeth all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand or in their forehead, and that no man might buy or sell, save he that had the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. Now, I have been, t this is going to be a global economic sanctioning system, okay, where they will be, they'll be able to sanction individuals economically to control whether you can buy or sell. Well, I've been talking to you recently about central bank digital currencies, right? But how will they tie all these central bank digital currencies together? How will we work uh, between nations and across the world from 
um, the Philippines and the United States and Japan and uh, South Africa and Canada. How are we going to? How is all this stuff going to be done instantaneously between all the central banks? And they keep it on the line. Well, the Cision PR Newswire they published an article: the Digital Currency Monetary Authority, the DCMA, launches an international central bank digital currency. Yesterday at the International Monetary Fund, the, the IMF, their Springs Meeting 2023, the Digital Currency Monetary Authority announced their official launch of, you, th you thought this was just a figment of somebody's imagination, didn't you? I mean, come on. Well, no, they announced their official launch of an international central bank digital currency that strengthens the monetary sovereignty of participating central banks and it complies with the recent crypto assets policy recommendations proposed by the IMF. It's called a universal monetary unit, a UMU. And it's, it's legally a monetary, uh, a, uh, a money commodity. And it can transact in any legal tender settlement currency and it functions like a CBDC to enforce banking regulations and to protect the financial integrity of the international banking system. Banks can attach SWIFT codes and um, SWIFT is uh, intera uh, financial interactions um, between nations nas or globally. Well, banks can attach these SWIFT codes and bank accounts to this UMU digital currency wallet and transactions swift like cross-border payments over digital currency rails, completely by bypassing the correspondent banking system at best priced uh, wholesale FX rates and with instantaneous real-time settlement. So, listen closely. Adopting a global, this is not between your bank and the one down the street. This is not between uh, my bank here in Texas, my credit union, and the one in New York. This is adopting a global localization public monetary system architecture. This is what the Antichrist will use to economically sanction people, a global economic sanctioning system. This UMU can be configured to operate according to the central bank uh, regulations of each participating Jurisdiction. This is global, folks. Merchants and trading partners could accept UMU for equivalent market value for their goods and services. These are priced in any national legal tender. Uh, a dollar bill, a uh, shekel in Israel, a uh, rubles, every, anything around the world, a peso. The, the UMU has premium exchange rates built into its wallet and can convert any settlement currency amount to the equivalent of the UMU amount. What is it again? It's called a universal, this is something we'll need to follow. Just like the central bank digital currencies, this is going to be a global central bank digital currency. It's called a universal monetary unit, a UMU. And it's basically a cryptocurrency reimagined from the ground up to support central banking in all the central banks around the world and regulated financial institutions. 
This is a basically a global central bank digital currency. They've got to be able to tie all the central banks in together. This is one of the ways they're going to do it. Cross borders. This is not just the Federal Reserve in the United States. This is global, okay? And the Bible says the Antichrist will usurp authority over a world governing body and he's going to use a global economic sanctioning system. Now, I've been talking for months now about central bank digital currencies and how they can control everything you buy or sell. This is the number one thing that I see globally pointing us towards the mark of the beast. And now they've got ways to tie it all together to where it will interact with any currency. And they can tie it all together and everyone can use this and have a, a, a bank account eventually with their own the central bank in their own nation. And then all these central banks are tied together and it's eventually going to be a global economic bank account that you'll have. And they'll be able to economically sanction everybody and we're headed right in this direction. You say, Dave, you're scaring me out of my mind. Well, just wait till the end of the program because we cannot take the God factor out of all of this. And that's what I'm going to talk about before this is all over with. But I want to get some, through some more. The Zero Hedge published an article. This is one you'll need to hear about. And I'm speculating at this point. But you, a lot of people will say, well, how are we going to function during the reign of the Antichrist? And during, the, you know, if I'm if a mark of the beast situation is doled out here in America. Well, I don't, I'm not, I don't have the answer to that at this point. I trust God, I believe in God, and I know He'll make a way. But, there are some things that could be used, potentially, to maybe bypass that. Now, I'm not saying this will be one of the ways. Don't go say Dave Robbins said, this will be one of the ways, right here. But it, I'm, I'm, I'm speculating. I talked to a friend of mine named Kevin Freeman, who's with the Economic War Room. Uh, they work alongside Glenn Beck over there and at the Blaze. And if you want to go to their website, it's the Economic War Room. I don't mind sending you there. They're a bunch of good people. But Zero Hedge published an article. This is one of the things that Kevin Freeman and his cohorts, cohorts are involved in. It says that the Texas bill, a Texas bill, would create a state-issued gold-backed digital currency. Now listen at this. The bills were introduced in the Texas House and the Senate, and they would create a state-issued gold-backed digital currency. The enactment of this legislation would create an, an, an option for people to transact business in sound money. It, and set the stage to undermine the Federal Reserve's monopoly on money and create a viable alternative to a central bank digital currency. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Now, I'm not saying this law is passed. These have just been introduced. Okay? And I'm not saying that this will be the thing that will get us through the mark of the beast. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that these things are being introduced and they, they're calling them the gold bullet to the central bank digital currency. Because the central bank digital currency would give our, the Federal Reserve just a, 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 a noose around people's neck. But the article from Zero Hedge, it states that Senator Brian Hughes, Republican, introduced a Senate Bill 2334 on March the 10th, which was yesterday, and Representative Mark DeRazio, also a Republican, 
they introduced a, a, a companion House bill, 4903, on the same day. The legislation would require the state comptroller to establish a digital currency that is fully backed by gold and fully redeemable in cash or gold as well. Now, central bank digital currencies would not be. So the comptroller, now this is in Texas here, the comptroller would also be required to create a mechanism to use this gold-backed digital currency in everyday transaction. They would give you something like a, a debit card. Well, what would happen is, uh, in, in establishing the digital currency, the comptroller would establish a means to ensure that a person who holds the digital currency may readily transfer or assign the digital currency to any other person by electronic means. So the state of Texas would hold gold, physical, real, heavy gold, backing the currency in trust on behalf of the digital currency holder. The trustee, it says, shall maintain enough gold to provide for the redemption in gold of all the units of the digital currency that has been issued and are not yet redeemed for money or gold. So in practice, individuals would be able to purchase digital currency from the state. This is not the Fed, not the Federal Reserve, from the state. The state would then use the money to purchase, let's say I wanted to purchase $1,000. So I give the state. So the state would then use the money to purchase gold that would be held in the Texas Bullion Depository. I think it's right down here north of Austin. Or another secure vault. Individuals would be able to redeem their digital currency for dollars or gold. Okay? You say, well, what about central bank digital currencies? What about the, the Fed and what they're doing? Well, a gold-backed digital currency, if it was implemented, let's say here in, in Texas or another state, would create an alternative and allow individuals and businesses to potentially avoid the central bank digital currency. It would be a bypass around that. Now, again, I did not say this is a done deal. This has been introduced in the legislature in Texas. Digital currencies exist, you know, as a, 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 a virtual, virtual banknotes or coins held in a digital wallet in your computer or your smartphone. And the difference between a central bank government digital currency and a peer-to-peer -peer electronic cash, uh, such as a Bitcoin, is that the value of the CBDC is backed and controlled by the government, a central bank digital currency, just like traditional, the, the fiat currency. Well, at the root of the move towards a central bank digital currency is really the war on cash and uh, a move to regulate the uh, bitcoins and things like that that are now decentralized. So the, think about this, the elimination of cash creates the potential for the government to track and even control consumer spending, i.e., remember, uh, uh, for example, Revelation 13, 16 through 17, this uh, global um, economic sanctioning system that will be used by the Antichrist in the end time. A CBDC would allow him to do that. Nigeria is already trying to get people to accept a central bank digital currency, of course, with a great deal of resistance, 
and China, India, and many others, and the United States. They've all launched pilot programs to test central bank digital currencies. Twelve banks in New York already did pilot programs on it. So imagine this. If there was no cash, it would be impossible to hide even the smallest transaction from the government's eyes. So, something as simple as your morning trip to Starbucks would be a secret from, they, they, it would not be a secret from government, government officials. They would know everything. And as Bloomberg put it in an article published when uh, China launched a digital yuan pilot program back in 2020, the digital currency offers China's authorities a degree of control never possible with physical money. Physical money is freedom. If I give you a $100 bill, you can spend it on whatever you want. But if you've got a central bank digital currency and it's programmable, then you, can't, you can only spend that on what it's programmed to be a, a, a viable purchase by the government. The government could even turn off an individual's ability to make purchases. They could control your buying and selling. A gold-backed digital currency would create an alternative to the CBDCs. So the true impact, um, the, the creation of a state-issued gold-backed digital currency would create, and this is speculation, would create currency competition for the Federal Reserve notes and undermine the Fed's monopoly on money, which they absolutely have right now. Your dollar bills, tens, twenties, all of that are Federal Reserve notes. The Federal Reserve controls the economy of the United States, the cabal of private bankers. And it would also provide this, uh, would, it would provide a, a, an alternative if the Federal Reserve implements this central bank digital currency. So really broadly speaking, by making gold conveniently available for regular daily transactions by the general public through maybe a debit card, a, a gold-backed digital currency would create the potential for a wide-reaching effect. Professor William Green, he's an, uh, an expert on constitutional tender, he said in a paper for the uh, Mrs. Institute that when people in multiple states actually start using gold instead of Federal Reserve notes, it would effectively nullify the Federal Reserve and end the federal government's monopoly on money. Now, you know the Federal Reserve will fight this tooth and toenail. But this has been introduced in Texas legislature. So the key in all of this is making it easier to use gold in everyday transactions. And the reason bad money drives out good is that governments put up barriers to using sound money in day-to-day -day life. And that makes it more costly to spend gold and incentivizes hoarding, right? But when you remove the barriers, you level the playing field and allow gold and silver to compete head-to-head -head with the Federal Reserve notes on an even playing ground and gold beats fiat money every time. Think about it. Gold has been a currency for thousands of years. You say, Dave, are you telling us to go out and buy gold? I absolutely am not saying that. I'm telling you what's been introduced in the Texas legislature. And so, but it could potentially be something in the future that might help us maybe get away from the Fed, which is again, a cabal of private bankers uh, here in the United States. So it's something to think about. The symbols and prophecies within the book of Revelation have perplexed Christians and unbelievers around the world. In his final work, Revelation, the unveiling of Jesus Christ part two, the late Irvin Baxter unlocks the mystery of the book of Revelation with in-depth analysis and commentary like you've never heard before.
These comprehensive study tools, available for $299, will deepen your biblical understanding. Don't miss this special offer. Call 1-800-END-TIME or go to endtime.com. Hi, I'm Judy Baxter. When Irvin and I got married, we didn't realize that our calling would be a prophetic ministry. Since we started End Time Ministries, there have been many times we weren't sure how we would pay the bills, but God has always provided. We started with the magazine, then went on radio and TV, and now we have the Jerusalem Prophecy College in Israel and online with End Time Plus. The mission has always been to reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ and the End Time message. Through the years, my husband would say, we will see revival like never before in the last days. We are living in the end time now. Thank you for walking this journey with us and continuing in prayer. You are a part of the team. Thank you for your generous support. It is necessary for God's purpose. The most important thing is that you are ready when the Lord comes. Our hope is to help prepare you for that day. God bless you and we love you. Now, you might be saying, well, man, Dave, this, this gold Texan or whatever it's called, that sounds great. What, what's the next move? Well, at the time of the report, these um, bills that have been introduced, SB 2334 and HB 4903, they had not been assigned to committees. Once they get committee assignments, they've got to get a hearing and pass by a majority vote before moving forward into the legislative process. So they've just been introduced right now. But it does sound pretty interesting, doesn't it? I'll probably at some point in the near future try to get Kevin Freeman back on because he can go through all of this in great detail. We'll have a great conversation. And um, so I'll, I'll have our staff here get a hold of him and try to get him back on the program because we certainly, it would be great for something like this to happen, right? I mean, I wish I had the answers to, hey, how are we going to make it through the end times and as financially and things like that. I believe we're going to trust God and God's going to help us. But it still doesn't mean we can invest and try to do the best we can. Um, there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, but at the end of the day, I'm, you've got to trust in God. And we'll talk about it here in just a moment. So, I mean, we're in the end times, aren't they? I mean, these things are certainly coming down very, very quickly. Let's talk about censorship. End time ministries, wow, man, we are being censored like you cannot imagine. I mean, I have to, I don't like walking through the, you know, through the, on eggshells. Vince and Doug, none of us do. Uh, Tiptoeing through the tulips. What can I talk about? What can't I talk about? Oh my goodness, but you cannot believe how much we're being censored. That's why we're putting more and more on the end of the age, um, or the, uh, the End Time Plus platform. And, there's a lot more going to go on there. That's why this set, one of the main reasons this set is going to help us behind us because we can put out more content a lot quicker. There's going to be a lot more new content on there. So make sure you guys are um, subscribed to the End Time Plus platform because, I, man, when I talk about climate change, central bank digital currencies, uh, vaccines, anything, they'll cut the whole, they won't allow us to, to push our programs. They'll cut them. We're being censored like crazy. Listen at this on censorship. Of the 20 companies, of 20 car makers, the main ones, eight, BMW, Ford, Mazda, Polestar, Rivian, Tesla, Volkswagen, and Volvo, okay? 
they have removed broadcast AM radios from their electric vehicles. Now, <clears throat> I thought, what in the, why are they doing that? A lot of people, I mean, talk radio, that's AM pretty much. Well, I read an article in Newsmax that uh, Mark Levin, he was giving a speech the other day. I listened to the speech and he said that car makers, with a, are, they're, uh, they're removing AM radios. It's an attack on conservative talk shows. Almost every, we're on talk shows all over the United States. Almost every one of them is on the AM dial. Imagine right now, most of you, if you're not listening on the internet, you're probably listening on an AM dial, okay? Imagine if they were to do away with the AM dial in, in vehicles. So Mark Levin said this. Uh, there, this article from Newsmax, it said that conservative talk radio, Mark Levin, I listened to the uh, broadcast, it was awesome. It was a speech he gave at a, uh, a Jewish, uh, big Jewish uh, meeting. And he was talking about his love for Israel and everything. It was a great speech. And then he, he, he got to the point where he was talking about conservative radio and all kinds of stuff. But he says, um, he said on his radio show Friday that there are plans by auto manufacturers. He mentioned Ford and others to eliminate the AM radios from new cars and that it's an attack on conservative talk shows. He said this, and I'm quoting. He said, let's talk about uh, radios for a minute. He said, Ford is the latest manufacturer that says the future production of cars will not include a the AM platform. BMW has said it as well, and, and there's others have said it because it interferes with something or another. But they finally figured out how to attack, Levin says, conservative talk radio. He said, let me be the first one to say it right at the manufacturer level. Rather than going after us through the FCC rather than going at us through legislation, rather than going at us through the boycotted advertisers and all the rest, he said, just don't make AM stations anymore, available in automobiles anymore. Because not all, but most conservative talk shows are on the AM band. And that's true with us as well. A lot of you, I know, listen to us on the radio, and are on, uh, on the radio but it's a lot on the internet as well. And they go to, go to endtime.com. You can watch all this stuff archived for months see everything. But for those of you that listen to us on the radio, they're wanting to do away with AM in cars. Levin said that removing the AM band in the new radios, new car radios, would prohibit drivers from tuning into shows like ours to get information. And his and many others. I mean, Charlie Kirk and Dennis Prager and all, I mean all of them. This idea that all of a sudden you're going to remove the AM band from cars he said that's aimed at people like all of us, conservatives, to prevent people like you guys from just turning on your radio as you drive in your own local area or general area and listening to an AM station with a conservative viewpoint. He said that's what it's all about. And Levine said that there are people out there screaming, no, 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 Mark, you can't prove that. He said, I don't have to prove anything. Mark Levine said, I've been around long enough, I figured things out, and we're way ahead of the curve here. That's exactly what they've done, and that's exactly what they're doing. Now, folks, I cannot stress enough how censored conservative news sources have been. My, when my father-in-law here, was, uh, Irvin Baxter, was alive, he's been gone two years and six months. We, we, we didn't deal near with what we're dealing with now. And thank God for the stations that have kept us on. Thank you, everyone. 
Uh, but man, the internet, I mean, they are sanctioning us uh, or censoring us like you cannot imagine. And it's everybody across the board, anybody with a conservative view. I mean, this because I'm talking about this right now, they'll probably censor this one. But I'm saying, if you want to keep getting information, you've got to go to these things, these platforms that we can talk and not be censored because you will not get the information that you need to have through these end times unless you go there. Go to endtime.com. Sign up for the, um, the End Time Plus uh, platform. It's like $13 or $14 a month. And, and I can put uncensored, totally uncensored material up there. We're getting ready to put our new Understanding the End Time uh, DVDs that are coming out. Everything's going up there. We've got new, new uh, voices that are going to be coming on there. And so it's going to be really cool. But, so these are some of the things I wanted, I wanted to talk to you about. Now, I could go into... I could do a hundred programs on all of this LGBTQ, the transgender stuff, and, and Bud Light beer, and all of the, the, the um, drag queens going into children, I mean, to elementary schools, and having their dressed up stuff, and doing horrible, uh, it's just reading things to these children, it's, it, it's totally anti-Bible. I could go into... I could get, it's just completely, it's perilous. It's perilous times. We're living in them. Things I, I, I never thought I would see. And we're seeing them now. And, and I saw a video the other day that somebody sent me of this drag queen hour. And there were parents that took their kids to this drag queen hour and were clapping. And little Johnny or little Susie put a dollar in the pants of this guy who was dressed up like a woman dancing. And the parents were applauding that. Now how do we get to the point where a parent would support their child supporting this stuff, which is totally anti-Bible? It's because we push God out of society. Wow, have we ever. Now, I'm, I'm not saying me, but I'm saying a lot of people in society do not want God in society. I know I'm, I'm still going to venture to, I would, if I was a betting man, I'm not, but if I was a betting man, I would lay money down that says that most of Americans do want God in our society. I don't care how the news media spins it and everything, but there's, there's a few that have a loud voice, isn't there? But when I see some of these videos where people, uh, parents would applaud their six or seven or eight-year-old that are dancing with these uh, transgender people. I, I'm shocked. I, I mean, I, just when I tell my wife, I, there's just when I think I can't be shocked again, I am. And they're trained, that, that child is being trained to just do whatever they want, whatever their mind ple whatever that pleases them. If you want to be Johnny, if you want to be a little girl, that's fine. Not, where'd you get that? God created two genders, male and female. He did not create all of these other different genders. He did not. I do not care what the news media says. I don't care what they're being taught in school. I don't care what Hollywood says. There are two genders. The Bible says, let God be true. Let every man be a liar. The, now, folks, somebody's got to talk about this. Because Hollywood's spewing their venom. The news media is spewing their venom. And 
I read where the, uh, this uh, Bud Light, this guy um, Mulvaney, is on the front of a Bud Light can, and over the past week or two, Bud Light has lost $4 billion in um, revenue. Well, they should lose all their revenue. That, that's horrible. Okay, wow. You know what? I hadn't even planned on talking about that. The fact of the matter is, we're in chaotic times. It's perilous. And I may, we may, I may, I don't know. We may, I may do some programs on that in the near future because, wow, kids, our kids are just be, being, it's, it's, tra, it's a travesty. It really is. But what do we do in these chaotic times? Do you just be scared out of your mind? Do you just sit there and have uh, anxiety to the point where you can't sleep at night? I mean, what do we do? Uh, it, it just do. Are we just, this, Satan's building his kingdom in the earth. I'm writing an article right now, two kingdoms. God's kingdom and Satan's kingdom. That's really what's going on in the earth. Satan's establishing his kingdom. So are we just left at the mercy of Satan? No. We have the God factor. Do not ever rule out the God factor. God is all-powerful, all-knowing. You say, well, ah, God's not helping us. Oh, come on now. Every breath you take comes from God Almighty. Every heartbeat, the next heartbeat, your heart's going to sit there and beat all through the night. And you didn't lay there awake and say, okay, beat again, heart. Beat again, heart. It doesn't work like that. God's making that heartbeat. God's making them lungs breathe in air. Okay? That comes from God. Every single person listening to me has experienced a miracle from God. If you're breathing right now and your heart's beating, that's because God is making that happen. You say, oh no, that's just science and we evolved from amoebas and all this stuff. Come on. God created every one of us, folks. And you are a living miracle. That's your body. You can get a cut and in a week that cut is healed back. God does all that. You think you've never experienced a miracle? Okay. I'm not preaching, but I could. What are we going to do in these chaotic times? We're going to do exactly what Israel, when Israel came out of Egyptian bondage and went into the wilderness. Did God lead them out there to die? God said, Moses, you're going to lead them out. I'm going to turn you guys loose into the desert. And I'm going to leave you guys out there to the scorpions and the snakes and the lions and all this. No. God guided Israel with a cloud by day and fire by night. He led them through the wilderness. How do you think we're going to make it in the wilderness we're in right now? This old world's not my home. I'm just passing through here. The desert was not the Israelites' home. They were just passing through there to the promised land. That's where we're at today. So how are we going to make it through this? We're going to trust God. We're going to follow the cloud. We're going to follow the fire by night. How do we do that? We are going to be working. Of connecting with our incredible partners every day. Endtime is a small nonprofit that runs a high traffic website, a daily TV and radio show, the Prophecy College in Jerusalem, and more. Although we have less than 30 team members, we are able to serve tens of millions of people each month. We survive on the goodness of God and donations averaging about $50. If everyone hearing this message gave $22, our financial needs would be met for the year. 
If you only give to one cause per month, please consider partnering with End Time to help get the message of our soon coming King out to the world. Call us at 1-800-END-TIME to give today or go to endtime.com to become a monthly or one-time partner. So how are we going to make it through this wilderness that we're in? This wilderness is not my home. We're just passing through here. We're on our way to the promised land, just like the children of Israel. So consider this. The children of Israel were delivered out of Egyptian bondage, miraculously, and they arrived out in the desert. And they wondered, what are we going to do now? It's the same question Christians are asking themselves, many of them. What are we going to do? Many people. All of a sudden, out in the desert in front of the Israelites, a cloud shows up. It's in Exodus Oh, man. Um, Exodus uh, 13, I don't know, down verse maybe 21. The Bible says, And the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of cloud and led them the way. And by night a pillar of fire, and God uh, gave them light to go by day and night. God went before them. They had a cloud to lead them during the day, and when a cloud stopped, they stopped. When a cloud went right, they went right. God put a pillar of fire in the sky at night to lead them. The Bible says that the Lord will baptize us with the Holy Ghost and with fire. God gave them a cloud which rep represented spirit by the day, and he gave them fire at night which they followed. And this is the type of this is a type of you and me today. The Bible says as many as are led by the spirit of God, they are the sons of God. That's us. We must be full of the Holy Ghost in order to, for this to work in our life. And we then learn to hear the voice of God. But that doesn't mean we're um, not going to experience anything, right? Because what happened? Well, as soon as they come to the Red Sea, here comes Pharaoh right after Israel. Pharaoh woke up the next morning and he says, You know what? I'm thirsty. After the, after the Israelites had left, bring me some water, he says. And his wife says, you get up and go get it yourself. All your slaves are gone. And he demanded, where's my robe? And she said, it's over there in the closet. Go get it yourself. Well, he wasn't happy about that situation, was he? After he had to do some of his own chores, because all the slaves were gone, he decides to go after them. Exodus 14, 10, 11, the Bible says, And when Pharaoh drew nigh to the children of Israel, they lifted up their eyes and they said, well, here comes the Egyptians. The Egyptians are marching after us. And the Bible says they were sore afraid. Don't let the enemy create fear in your heart because God's with you. God was with Israel the whole time. He was leading them by a cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. But then here comes, I mean, is that miraculous? But here comes it, it, the Pharaoh and the Egyptians. So they got afraid. The children of Israel cried unto the Lord. And they said to Moses, Because there were no graves in Egypt, hast thou brought us out here to die in the wilderness? Why have you brought us out here and dealt with us like this? To carry us forth out of Egypt. Why would you do that? And the first thing the devil's going to do when you live, when you leave sin and you start serving Jesus Christ, or when you go off into the, these end times, he's going to come after you, right? Because he knows the principle. When you take 
new territory, the first thing the enemy does is counterattack. Before you can get your foxhole dug, the enemy is going to try to throw you back before you can realize what's happening and before you get used to freedom. That the Israelites were free of Egyptian bondage. But all they could see is, is here comes Pharaoh. I'm going to cry and boo-hoo and, and complain and murmur against Moses. You're free. So we've got to realize, during the, I don't, in, the in the times just ahead, if you're being led by the Spirit of God, you are free. If you've been born again, you're free. Despite all the miracles, I never have understood this. But despite all of the miracles that God had performed in Egypt, the lice, the frogs, all of the others, the Ten Commandments, or the, I'm sorry, the Ten Plagues, they were already murmuring and complaining. They were afraid God would not perform another one that day, that God maybe had lost His powers. Maybe He was on vacation that day. Now think about that. But listen to me. Jesus Christ will never fail us, everybody. He said He would never leave us, that He would never forsake us, and He won't. He did it yesterday. He will do it today. If He does it today, He'll do it tomorrow. You can count on that, everybody. Moses said to the people in Exodus uh, 14, where are we at? Probably down 13 and 14. He said, fear not. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which He will show to you today. For the Egyptians whom you have seen today, you're not going to see them anymore, ever. The Lord shall fight for you, and ye shall hold your peace. Now, don't you love it when God says, hold your peace? And that's hard to do sometimes. But God said, I'll fight your battles if you will just keep your mouth shut. So, they arrived at the Red Sea. They looked behind them, and here comes, you know, here comes Pharaoh's army advancing upon them quickly. And they had no recourse. I mean, they were in, there was no pontoon boats to jump in, right? What are you going to do? We've got the end time staring us in the face. And you, a lot of people, it's overwhelming. Well, oh, what are we going to do? I, I'm scared to death. I, 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 well, Dave, what are we going to do? We're going to trust God, everybody, just like the Israelites did when they came out of Egyptian bondage. We are going to trust God. We're going to follow the cloud. We're going to follow the pillar of fire by night. You say, I don't have a clue how to do that. You're going to be born again. The Bible says, they that are led by the Spirit of God. A lot of people want to be led by the Spirit of God, but they don't pray. That's impossible. When you have a daily prayer life, God, you will begin to hear God's voice and He will begin to speak. He will begin to speak back to you. It'll be a strong impression on your mind. That's how I live my life. I don't care what Joy Behar says on The View, that people that claim to hear from the Spirit of God are uh, durant, mentally, uh, there's something mental with them. No, no. I'm in my right mind. And I hear from God. God speaks to me in an audible voice. No. But he, it's a strong impression on me that I know it's God's voice. He's spoken to me many times. And I've acted upon that, and God has never failed me. I saw my father-in-law do that my entire life. My mom got in his church when I was nine years old, Irvin Baxter. And I saw him live his life by that, like that, all the way till he passed away. And so I'm telling you, moving forward, I'm not scared. I'm not worried about the Antichrist. I'm not worried about this world government. I know I talk about it all the time, 
And if you were not ready to go, there would be a little anxiety there. But if you're ready to meet the Lord and He's leading and guiding you by His Spirit, the Israelites had nothing to worry about even though they were facing the Red Sea. But yet, they had a wrong mindset. They were looking back at Pharaoh coming and remembering Egypt and thought, well, we'd rather be back there in Egypt than face this situation. That's crazy. With the Lord, I'll face any situation. So the Lord spoke to Moses. This would be Exodus 14. I think we're maybe 16 now. He said, but lift up thy rod and stretch it out over the sea. Now they're backed up against the Red Sea here, which is giant. This is not a mud puddle. I'm talking about a sea. Lift up your staff, Moses, and put it over the sea, and I'm going to divide it. And the children of Israel are going to go through on dry ground. It wasn't even muddy ground. They went through on dry ground. They went through the midst of the sea. Well, in the meantime, the cloud that they were following slipped around behind them. This is in the Bible, folks. The cloud slipped around behind them, and it separated them from Pharaoh's army. So the, the Spirit of the Lord will not only lead and guide you, but it will protect you from the enemy. Now, the Pharaoh's army, they couldn't see him because God put a shield around the, the children of Israel. Now, which side would you rather be on? Pharaoh's army or Israel? The chosen people of God. Guess who that is today? That's the church of Jesus Christ, the true church. Now, we know all these things happen in the Bible, but could God do these things today? Does that stuff happen in 2023? Is God able, you know, is He maybe, maybe He's got a little age on Him. Maybe He couldn't part a Red Sea today. Come on, you guys. God has just as much power now as He did three or 4,000 years ago. God is all-powerful. I'm not worried about Joe Biden. I'm not worried about any of these. I'm not worried about the Antichrist of the world government. You say, but Dave, you know, you guys teach we're going to go through the tribulation and things like that. Yeah, we do. Some of us may be persecuted. Yeah, we may. But would you rather be on God's side going through that or would you rather be on the side of Pharaoh? Think about it. When you're born again, you're serving the Lord. You're free. You're walking in freedom. And I say, God, lead and guide me and he'll take us home. So Moses held out the rod over the sea. The wind starts coming in. The water's back up until there's a giant wall of water on either side. The wind blew all night long. And when they got up in the morning, not only had the waters parted, but God had dried the ground for them to walk on. And they followed Moses and they walked through on dry ground. And then, of course, God drowns the armies of Egypt. The, the Egyptians weren't very smart, were they? I mean... If God parted the Red Sea in front of the Israelites and they take off down through there, would you go after them? Think about that, you guys. Wouldn't you think that all they'd been, that they'd seen what God had already done to them, that they wouldn't have turned around, they'd have turned around and went home? No. But they turned around, they drove off right into the sea and they continued to pursue Israel and they got out to the deepest part of the sea and God sent angels down to loosen the nuts and bolts on the chariot's wheels the wheels began to fall off the chariots, and one Egyptian soldier looked at the, uh, one soldier looked at the other one and said, uh, "This is not good." <laughs> and God and God told Moses, "Stretch your stretch your staff back out over the sea." 
and the waters will come again on the Egyptians and upon their horsemen. And Moses stretched his rod out, and the sea returned to, his, to its strength. And when, and when the morning appeared, the Egyptians fled against it, and the Lord overthrew the Egyptians in the midst of the sea. The waters returned, covered the chariots, the horsemen, all the host of Pharaoh that came into the sea after him. And there remained not so much as one of them, folks. The waters came down and drowned those armies, and that was the end of the persecution in Egypt. And then, of course, when they got out into the wilderness, God fed them manna and quail. So you say, Dave, why are you telling us these stories? Because I'm telling you, folks, the God of the Bible that did that for the Israelites back in, when they come out of Egypt, God kept them and sustained them. And you say, but I don't know if God can do that today. Listen to me. God, get in church. Be born again. Be led by the Spirit of God. Learn how to walk with God. Get in Bible studies. Get a daily prayer life. Study the Word of God. And God will start to lead and guide your life. But when He does, listen to Him and act upon it. If God tells you to do something, don't. if He tells you, you know what, you probably shouldn't do that anymore. Stop. But you probably should do this. Go do it. If you'll start letting God lead and guide you and listen for that voice that will make strong impressions upon you and act upon that, God will lead and guide you through the times just ahead. You don't need tons of money to get through the times just ahead. You don't need this unbelievable education or this big house or investments all over the world. What you need is God. If you will trust God and seek Him, put Him first. God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. God will take you through. God is the most important thing we could talk about today. Let's put God back in society. Let's put God back in America. You want to change America, it doesn't happen through a vote. It happens through on your knees in prayer. That's where we will change America. And that's what we need today. Put God first in your life.